there is a whole ecosystem which makes sure that where you plant is the right place, what you plant is the right place, the people who work there it's positively impacted, that the economy is positively impacted. We monitor how many hours were worked on the uh, on the area where we plant, how many people were impacted, how many samplings were planted, how many trees were planted and so on. So that, that's uh, and we provide our partners with with uh, reports so that they can see how the funds which they you know are um, added to the coalition were used. I'm Tatiana Antonella Beya, founder of Goombook, and you're listening to Forward Talks, Conversations That Matter. This episode continues our special series, Climate Leaders Rising Up to COP28, in partnership with MasterCard and with the support of Dubai Government Media Office. We're sharing inspiring stories of sustainability leaders and climate champions driving impact from our region to the world. I'm joined today by Andrea Prazakova, Senior Vice President of MasterCard Foundry and ESG for Eastern Europe, Middle East and Africa. She's also the co-founder of Space Uncensored, a podcast that aims to amplify the voices of women in the space industry. According to JP Morgan, the worldwide digital payments industry is currently estimated at 54 trillion US dollars. As this number continues to grow, it provides exciting opportunities to create a massive positive impact across sectors. So I talked to Andrea about the role of the fintech industry in helping us achieve the transition to net zero and meet the 2030 and 2050 targets. In addition to her corporate role with ESG, Andrea is also excited about the new frontiers of technology, Web3, artificial intelligence and more, and calls herself a lifelong learner. Across my career, I started to work in 1992. Uh, I've been always trying to learn new things. Something comes my way, I will read about it, I will look around it, I will just, you know, I just finished two master classes in AI. Uh, so I think that that's the key to personal success and satisfaction, I think, uh, uh, that you always need to be curious. So I think very much connected to my journey into sustainability was the same. I actually never considered to be in sustainability. If you would ask me like four years ago, I wouldn't have thought about it. And uh, then um, uh, I was leading customer experience and innovation. And then obviously that area of sustainability became much bigger in MasterCard and moved not only from the corporate part where you look at it from a B2B and, and as an organization perspective, but really into product and solutions. And an opportunity opened and I jumped onto it. I said, okay, let me give it a try. And of course, you know, when you start a role, you have two options, right? You either only learn on the job or you add additional pieces to it. And I decided to add additional pieces to it and obviously sign up to the Chief Sustainability Officer Certification at MIT and, and I will be finishing in three months. Uh, so it's really exciting. But the, you know, the key to everything, it's the learning and now the combination with AI. So I think my head is just spinning between sustainability, AI, blockchain, how it is all interconnected. It's just, it's marvelous. Well, this is a very interesting uh, aspect of, of your job and of what MasterCard does. I mean, most of us, the majority of us, we have a MasterCard credit card in our wallets, right? But not many of us know what really MasterCard does. It's a whole world and we're not aware of it. I mean, MasterCard is a 
really powerful global technology company in the payment industry, right? And if I would break it in almost like simple terms, so you mentioned the cards, right? We are uh, really prominent in cybersecurity. We are very prominent in data and services, in uh, advisory services, obviously now in sustainability and ESG. Uh, and so that we have multiple components and facets to what we do. Ultimately, I think our goal and dream is to uh, connect and power and enable digital payments and make it really sustainable and also reachable for many people in, in the world through financial inclusion. So as we transition to net zero with the 2030 and 2050 targets, how does the payment and fintech industry as a whole uh, contribute towards achieving these targets? Uh, you know, I think that we live in a great era right now, right? Because there are so many fintechs and, and the payment industry really grow. And I want to take maybe a couple of examples to bring it alive, right? So uh, number one, if you think about your phone and the digital payments, right? And uh, mobile banking, for example, how much of paper does it eliminate? So first is the digital technology and digital payments really helping to eliminate processes and uh, paper with that carbon emissions uh, from the ecosystem. Number two, fintech brought a lot of innovations, right? In the past, the giants been dictating what will happen in the payment industry. But now there is this beautiful disturbance by the fintechs, which are pushing right, left and center, partnering and collaborating. Number three, I think it's um, around carbon solutions, right? And of course, uh, fourth one is data, right? So everything around that uh, uh, in in green financing, green technology. And the last one, and I think that's a little bit of controversial, but I think I would want to touch on it, which is brought today with that, what the companies are doing really well, it's blockchain, right? Even though there is obviously controversy around how much of carbon emission it produces, but companies like Ripple who have carbon neutral, they are great examples. But in the day of, um, uh, you know, such a big pressure of tracking uh, and provenance and also synthetic data and danger of fakes, blockchain and tokenization plays a very critical role to make sure that we can actually track what is happening, right? And in sustainability from food to clothes we wear, from how the buildings are built and, you know, how much energy they absorb or let go. So I think that there is multiple examples of how payment and fintechs are contributing really heavily to um, decrease and bring us to uh, net zero. What is the role of, of the industrial symbiosis in, in making an impact? And by industrial symbiosis, I know this is even for me a new, a new terminology, which includes or maybe is, is a synonym of, of circular economy, right? Yeah, so I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's it's a really fascinating topic, right? And maybe we can take it on an example of SMEs, which are our customers as well, right? Uh, will be, let's say, you are an entrepreneur and you produce uh, clothes, right? Uh, but you have a lot of leftovers. You have uh, things which are, you know, uh, you don't use. So uh, in the symbiosis, what is, you know, what the entire purpose is to say, how can maybe I reuse what is what you don't use anymore, right? So it doesn't go only from the circularity from the consumer perspective, but it also go to you as a customer or as a producer. So I, I would say what somebody else is his trash, somebody else is his treasure, right? So I think it really closes the entire loop and make sure that even in the end of the life of that product, right, the product is recycled into a new product, right? I will give you a great 
I really like that example. Uh, I, I'm not sure if you saw, but MasterCard is the first payment network which now uh, committed that by 2028, all the cards which are physical and are MasterCard need to be on recyclable PVC. Right. And we have an initiative, for example, where we can we are able to collect the existing cards and we can we can recycle them into things which can be used, for example, like benches in parks. Right. So because obviously we have three billion cards, card holders worldwide. Right. So imagine that amount of carbon emissions. So our aim is to obviously replace it with our PVC or fully carbon, uh, you know, neutral carbon uh, uh, neg uh, negative cards. But what do you do with all the plastic? So I think the aim is it's a great testimony that you really need to think not only replacing, but also what do you do with that uh, leftovers? and. You can do um, PVC pipes, you can do benches, you can do many other things with it. This is something that people sometimes don't really think about. We always look at a solution, and as you said, at a mm -hmm. replacement. But that replacement might actually, again, create waste and, and create uh, another problem. So it's very interesting to look at plastics, specifically plastics, because, I mean, for the past five years, We've been bombarded, you know, in the media about the dangers of, of plastic, specifically single-use plastic. And I think we've overlooked somehow the circularity of plastic. So, of course, we don't want plastic to become a T-shirt because at the end of the day, after a couple of years, it might end up into a landfill. But, it, you know, transforming it into a long-term impactful element, such as an urban uh, furniture or, or something that has a long use, is fundamental. Um, I know that MasterCard has set, uh, you know, very, very ambitious targets. Um, it would be really interesting to understand what are MasterCard's key pillars and focus areas to enable an, uh, a net positive impact on the planet um, and, and on the climate. And how are you helping fuel the circular economy? So maybe I will uh, separate it into two categories, right? One is us as a company. I think we're super proud that in 2021, we decided to move our net, ta net zero target to 2040 from 2050. Uh, and we also have short-term targets. So by 2025, we will uh, decrease the uh, uh, scope one, scope two emission by 38% and scope three emission by 20%. So we are really very serious. Also on the company level, we operate about 180 facilities globally. A majority of them are obviously looking on renewable energy. All the facilities in the United States are today equipped with solar panels and all the facilities globally we own are LED certified. So there is and obviously small things like you no know, plastic bottles and cutlery and so on. So, but there are some of these, you know, big corporate targets which are very focused on us as a uh, MasterCard and also on our suppliers and the quality of the suppliers and partners we have. Then as an organization, and I think it really shows how serious we are. I mean, all our bonuses are connected to our ESG targets. Good. Yes. So uh, obviously, if we don't perform, we all feel it, right? So it's really to not only positively motivate, but also to show we're really serious. The second category, um, I would say, is on the solution and product level. Uh, an initiative level. So we, we, because we have such a massive network in 210 countries, and I mentioned 3 billion cards, we really, we, we 
we are building on partnership. One of the partnership is Priceless Planet Coalition, which is planting obviously 100 million trees with our partners. Second is solutions like Carbon Calculator for consumers, SMEs and commercial cards, uh, and obviously sustainable cards. Uh, uh, and also, because sustainability is not only about environment, but also on social impact, we are very heavily involved in uh, uh, cost enablement and we offer platforms for donations uh, to collect donations and obviously um, uh, channel it to the right organizations around the world, locally and internationally. So locally, who are your partners here in, in the region or in the UAE? Uh, obviously, we are very proud to be here in UAE and we have some amazing partners. We have on the uh, Priceless Planet Coalition, we obviously partner very closely with Emirates Nature WFF. Uh, they are our reforestation partner here. We have uh, uh, we plant mangroves here in UAE, uh, and uh, um, you can come and visit if you want. It's it's really awesome because mangroves, as you know, it's it's plants who really absorb quite a substantial amount of carbon dioxide. And then, of course, you know, uh, uh, on the uh, social impact. Uh, 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 we partner and we are the main partner of Yalagif, which is a, a charity aggregator in UAE, uh, uh, which partners uh, with us not only on short-term campaigns like Ramadan or when the disaster in Turkey happened, so we collected donations to Turkey, but now throughout the year, uh, obviously, um, uh, the Sheikh Mohammed's foundation obviously collects through feed, uh, collect one billion meals. Um, uh, there is multiple different charities which uh, we enable and the partners who connect to us to then contribute towards these charities. So it's really, you know, I think my personal dream would be, you know, that each of us will have our own sustainability goals and we will, can be like, like we track our fitness, we can trap how, you know, each of us are doing, how many kids we fed, how many, you know, trees we planted and uh, to really be responsible on a personal level. That would be amazing. And actually, maybe this is a more personal uh, question, but how do you see, you know, all this impact and the sustainability uh, really affecting the normal individual? So not, you know, between us, we can talk about climate and social impact for hours, but what do you think about general knowledge, general behavior? Do you see a, a change? I can say my personal opinion, right? Uh, maybe it will be a little bit controversial, right? I think that uh, sustainability is still a luxury item, right? Uh, because uh, uh, I think we just spoke before we started about the new sustainability is also your mental health, uh, physical health, uh, social impact, environment. There are multiple components, right? And I think we uh, can be sustainable because we can afford it. Right. Many uh, uh, free range products, for example, where you support sustainable farmers or carbon neutral farmers are double, triple the price. Right. Uh, and a family maybe of, with two, three children which have every in in income can't do it. So even if they would want to. Right. And they would they uh, would go and buy multiple pieces of clothes which are cheaply produced somewhere uh, which is not sustainable. So I think that there is a still really long way to go, uh, uh, which is a combination of education, uh, government uh, uh, support and regulation, and of course the social uh, um, differences between the people, right? So I think that, I mean, Dubai is really great because we can see people are really conscious uh, uh, and there is a boom, but uh, many countries don't have that, right? One more example I want to make, which happened to me now when we traveled in Europe, right? So we went to visit our families. I come from Czech Republic and um, we use trains wherever we can. And uh, one of the uh, route, there was you know, no way to use trains. So we were, I was booking uh, through a booking engine and there were two types of flights, right? 
same distance, uh, a similar provider uh, for four people, but one was a green flight. So obviously this is a new plane, right? Which is much more fuel efficiencies and so on. The ticket was five times more expensive per person, right? And uh, so you're really asking yourself, right? It's great that the engine shows me, you know, that this is obviously much more efficient flight. It will, you know, not emit so much of carbon dioxide, right? But if you have a family of four, you know, four or five times price of the ticket, it's a massive difference, right? So it it taught me, it scared me, but I was like, okay, this is like, this is insane, right? So I think that, that there is a, such a big gap of, you know, knowing and then doing because the price differences are still so big you know and i took the cheaper flight i would have done too so now i was thinking that's an interesting pain point you know will the government's future uh, afford that they could maybe compensate from a, a tax point of view uh, some differences if you buy more eco uh, uh, or more less carbon uh, uh, heavy travels for example you know how could the government and yourself how could you benefit to actually bridge the gap. I think there is a, so much of space for innovation, right? To push people a little bit further to the right decisions. Well, for sure, in Europe, we can talk about subsidies yes. and government support. Uh, we can look at, you know, um, taxation and, and supporting the consumer doing the right mm. choice. Nowadays, you have so many reward systems. It could be interesting to say, you know, as MasterCard, we reward you by buying the most sustainable or greener products. This is a really great point you mentioned, and thank you for actually bringing it up. Uh, of course, this is a direction where we want to go, right? So we want to make sure that uh, you will be uh, going forward uh, rewarded for, uh, you know, are you taking more sustainable flight? Are you staying in a green hotel, right? I, I mean, you can see it today when you go on booking.com, I think they have 50,000 sustainable partners already, right? So. Uh, uh, that's definitely where we're going. And I want it for myself as well as a consumer. Uh, um, uh, there's a little bit of road ahead in terms of technology, because obviously, uh, let's take it from a practical level, right? You as a consumer, you also want to make sure that the merchant where you bought, it's really sustainable, right? Uh, and for now, there is no global certifications. So, um, uh, and that's why it's also sometimes so difficult, you know, to what is the index, how the merchant is awarded the certification. And if you get it this year, do you get it next year as well? So I think there is a whole ecosystem which is now being built up so that these kind of services can be provided. So then you get the points for buying a sustainable clothes or electric car or, uh, you know, travel sustainably, but the merchants you're buying from are not synthetic, are not fake, right? Uh, uh, and that the data is real. So that's, that's I think, the only short-term challenge which everybody has, but 100%, I think, you know, and there are other services for SMEs which we can offer. So uh, it's uh, definitely our focus. Uh, and I can't wait as a consumer myself <laughs> to, you know, uh, uh, to start to be, be uh, rewarded for positive behavior. The biggest challenges we face today in terms of sustainability is greenwashing. Yes. And if you don't have the capacity to verify what brands, you know, say and, and, and uh, um, if you don't have a network or certification that supports you because MasterCard cannot become a verifying company, that would be totally a different, you know, line of business. So you need to have that kind of support from a, from a third party. 
But we can provide the technology, right? Uh, so, you know, uh, we've been discussing it a little bit. So um, you need to somehow track, right? It's almost like a smart contract on blockchain, right? So which then validates uh, that what you said is true, right? So we can provide the technology uh, uh, which will enable you to track the truth, if you can, if you, if you, you know, or provide you with a token, which will represent, then you got the certification, right? So of course, we will not be the ones going into your shop and checking if, uh, if, uh, or your hotel that, you know, your towels are sustainable, <laughs> but uh, we can provide the industries with uh, the rails, uh, uh, which will then, you know, enable them to monitor and track uh, 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 the truth, if you want to say it that way. So you would be the perfect partner if anyone is out there. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Looking for a technology enabler. Uh, this is really incredible. And um, obviously, a fundamental part of MasterCard's world is, as you said, uh, data and, and the power of satellite data in sustainability. And I would like to understand from you, what is satellite data? Mm -hmm. So maybe let's uh, talk about data itself. So we obviously... Uh, uh, Data is a big part of our business, right? And I think we always look about how to enhance uh, uh, our data, how to utilize new technologies in the data, right? And I personally feel that there is a, a, a great combination between the industry of payments and space and obviously satellite data is it's what it's on your telephone in your watch on your GPS, obviously, right? Uh, and um, we talked about the verification, for example, of uh, pharma, uh, 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 will uh, claim that he is a sustainable farmer. For that, he will have a checklist, right? That he can't use any pesticides, that, you know, uh, he uses his chickens or whatever are running around and are not close in the loop. So we can provide the technology which ma maps that if somebody confirms it's true or not, right? So for example, with uh, satellite data, you can confirm that the chickens are really running around. With satellite data, you can go up to 60 centimeters underground and measure if there are pesticides and how much water and how healthy the plants are. So I think that the uh, space industry and, and especially, you know, satellite imagery and satellite data can really enrich, uh, you know, what we are doing in terms of verifications and, and how we will enhance our offering to the customers. Because ultimately you need to validate. And not every time you you need to count on humans to validate, right? We should start. You should start to use more and more technology around us, and uh, you know, uh, satellite imagery and and uh, uh, lower bit data are a really great tool to um, to the future. And are you able also, for example, to um, follow and monitor your tree planting programs on yes. Of success course. and growth. It's that's obviously really critical. And you I love what you said about greenwashing, right? Yeah. Uh obviously, you know, uh, our brand is super precious and we are so proud of, you know, being MasterCard and being who we are. So we are really very uh uh careful who do we partner with. We select our partners carefully. So we have a conservation international, which is a global organization, which is our main partner in the uh, reforestation. Uh, uh, there is a whole um, uh, uh, management committee which obviously has a regular audit on sites, right? Uh, which trees are planted, how many, but the trees are not taken out of the ground. That, so there is a whole ecosystem which makes sure that where you plant is the right place, what you plant is the right place, the people who work there, it's positively impacted, that the economy is positively impacted, which which obviously you impact, right? And that it is sustainable, that it doesn't disappear after two years. So 
especially on the obviously priceless planet coalition obviously uh, we monitor how many hours were worked on the uh, on the area where we plant how many people were impacted how many samplings were planted how many trees were planted and so on so that that's uh, and we provide our partners with with uh, reports so that they can see how the funds which they you know are uh, um, added to the coalition were used i love the fact that uh, you you have a big uh, attention to the social aspect of of tree planting something that i've noticed in the past years and it's it's very sad tree planting is really seen just as a tool of you know i'm i'm paying to plant 100 million or 10 million or a million trees and i really don't really care about the impact of those trees i just think it's a tool for me to one absorb carbon emissions or sequester them somehow or show that i'm a good you know business but there's such there's so much more behind tree planting and the social impact trees have on communities, uh, on indigenous people, on, on microeconomies, how people are able to survive thanks to those trees. Because as you said, in some areas, the right tree to plant might be a fruit tree that enables you know, women to farm or, or smaller uh, communities to, to survive and, and, and really depend on, on that kind of uh, agriculture. So the S part. I love when companies mention the S part of ESG. We have a one project in Malawi and when I, you know, read about it for the first time within the Priceless Plant Coalition, I have to say I had tears in my eyes, right? So, uh, um, you know, uh, Malawi is obviously a really nice country, but it's quite small and we partner with a foundation uh, which uh, started to provide uh, 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 areas with water pumps and what they discovered before we even came in is that women and girls specifically walk kilometers obviously to get the water right they couldn't farm or go to school and it's mostly women who are impacted so they started to provide them with water pumps so that you know that solves the situation but however the the water pumps are not addressing the uh, the course, right? Uh, uh, so we became a partner in Malawi and now there is a big reforestation project because you want to uh, rebuild the area because there is no water because the trees were taken away, right? So uh, on the long term, obviously, all these trees will be put back which uh, enables the girls to go to school, which enables women to farm, right? Which enables can animals to come back because they will come and feed. So is a, I think these kind of examples are, and, and so great you picked it up because often, you know, people think, oh, you just plant trees, right? But it's never just planting trees, right? There is, there's always communities impacted. And, and I think that's almost like a bigger impact because it's so emotional, right? Absolutely. The question we're asking as part of this series to all our guests is, what do you expect from, from COP? What are your hopes and expectations of, of the outcome of, of COP? And do you think this event will impact sustainably Dubai and the UAE? I, I feel that uh, uh, COP is, uh, you know, a really great uh, activity. I think where Dubai is and will be doing uh, I believe better job than anybody else in the past is I think they bring it much closer to consumers and to companies, right? Because if you think about from a consumer perspective, if you're not involved in sustainability, you have never heard of COP and you don't really care because you think it's some government officials talking about legislation. It's simple as sure. that, right? And I think that Dubai took a different approach. They took almost like a, and it's happening at Expo. So they took, you know, uh, 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 a, a really 
approach across multiple segments and they in the communication strategy they talk to everybody right they talk to companies to consumers to governments and i, I really my hope is that it will make uh, more awareness build more awareness uh, around um, uh, ESG and sustainability issues. That's number one. Number two, I'm really curious to see all the different companies which will come and also exhibit and all the things which will be happening around COP, right? Because everybody's super excited. I think Dubai is a perfect place. So to see the innovations, uh, uh, I think will inspire so many new things uh, and Dubai is a perfect hub for it. And the third part of the question, uh, I, I have no doubt uh, that Dubai will be even further more impacted with, uh, you know, uh, COP28. Um, uh, as a proud resident of Dubai, you know, I think that uh, Dubai is really leading uh, the edge uh, with uh, whatever is happening. I think, I believe that we will be the first country which, uh, uh, you know, uh, will showcase what we saw on products, you know, carbon emissions, which will motivate um, the, its residents uh, to be more environmentally friendly. So I have big hopes and dreams. I think we're living in the right place and COP will be amazing. Uh, I would recommend everybody if they have, you know, passed through to Dubai to come and see, you know, what events will be happening, what exhibitions will be happening, uh, uh, what podcasts can they listen to and, and educate themselves and bring it to their home countries. And by the way, talking about podcasts, you're launching your new podcast. <laughs> yes. Uh, myself and, and, uh, uh, very dear friend of mine, Ina Vanka, we are launching a podcast by the name of Space Uncensored. Uh, I got into it uh, about two years ago because of Ina, and we discovered that there is a very low representation of women in the space industry, right? There is about 11% women astronauts, 20% of women in space industry. So our goal is really to give a platform to uh, women and promote females in the space industry and in travel exploration, you know, innovation, uh, because I think we need to support each other in a practical and pragmatic way. Uh, uh, and I hope that this will be one of the, you know, things. And also it will teach us, I'm sure, plenty uh, through every single episode. I can't wait to listen to it. And um, last question is, what is the link between space and, and us today and sustainability? You know, uh, if you would have asked me, I think two years ago, I wouldn't have been able to answer, right? Because I think before for me, space was just, you know, Elon Musk sending his Tesla with a man mannequin <laughs> to Mars. Uh, I'm just kidding. There's obviously more than that. Uh, but um, I feel that there is so much of opportunity in connection to space, right? There is a... Um, uh, uh, obviously we talk about space data, right? Uh, uh, there is... Uh, uh, how would we be able to bring some of the industries which we have on earth which create a lot of carbon dioxide into space on into low orbit which is much colder than here right uh, so i think that you know it's uh, from a sustainability perspective will we be able to plant uh, some of our food produce within uh, space or in low orbit right so i think there is a lot of as the earth is growing right uh, uh, there are more and more people uh, uh, on the planet the demand of water and food is bigger right so there are i think space is one of the uh, technologies and areas which I think will really help us to make some significant breakthrough and of course 3D printing and you know uh, uh, biotech but I think that combination will be absolutely amazing and of course I can't wait for space travel as well but uh, uh, but I think really it's um, uh, multiple areas uh, uh, which can help us to be more efficient uh, uh, and um, take maybe industries from here which uh, cause us harm and bring it into area where they will not cause so much of harm. 
Fascinating. Can't wait to listen to your podcast. So, Andrea, thank you so much for being here today with us and sharing a lot about your passion and all your work behind the scenes on, on, on sustainability and impact. Uh, it's a pleasure and thank you for your support with this special edition of the Forward Talks. Thank you so much. It was my you know, great honor to be here. See you at COP. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. This special series of Forward Talks is brought to you by Goombook in partnership with MasterCard and with the support of Dubai Government Media Office. I'm Tatiana Antonella Beya, and this episode was produced by Samantha K. Ruz, Anuradha Bhattacharya, Janelle Lopez, and Shira Disey. See you again soon.